0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. We're we'll gonna look at verse one and two. We need the Holy Ghost. You know, quite often when people tell me about a message, like, man, that message just really spoke to me. That was a lot, and my first response is usually praise God. And I'm saying, I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. Because, oh, you said this? I said, That's great, because I don't remember what I said. <laughs> that was nowhere in my notes. There's times over here it's like, ooh, that was good. I need to write that down for myself. I don't take credit for it because I know who it came from. I know who I'd be without him. And I'm so grateful I'm not without him. And I'm grateful he's not just with me when I preach, but he's with me every single step of the way. We can't treat the Holy Ghost as optional or a goosebump when you need a spiritual feeling. You need him. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, we'll read it from the King James first. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch that shall grow out of his root. It's talking about Jesus. It's a messianic reference to Jesus. But notice what it says about Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, and the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit, how he operates. But I want to focus on this phrase, this part of his ministry, The spirit of counsel and might say spirit of counsel spirit of might go ahead put that in the chat say spirit of counsel and spirit of might so the Holy Spirit is a spirit of counsel and might and so when I looked up that word counsel it means a plan it means advice it means purpose it was the word used for counselors and advisors and the advice they would to give to kings in times of war and peace. This word for counsel described the advice as well as the counselors and advisors themselves who would give advice to kings in times of war and peace. We've seen those old movies where that the king's about to make a decision and he's surrounded by his counsel who's giving him advice. In our modern day term, we think about the president and his cabinet. Counselors, Advisors that give the person in leadership advice on the decisions they're going to make. One version of the Bible calls it a spirit of planning and strength. A spirit of planning and strength. Another translation is the spirit that gives direction and builds strength. The spirit that gives direction and builds strength. Another translation says a spirit that provides the ability to execute plans. I love that a spirit that provides the ability to execute plans. It's one thing to have a plan. It's another thing to be able to execute it. Another translation says, the spirit will help him make wise plans and carry them out. The spirit will help him make wise plans and carry them out. Another translation calls calls him the spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power. The spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power. And so as I was going over in this definition, looking at different translations, I started seeing the Holy Spirit in a different way, and I started referring to him in a different way. The Holy Spirit is a strategist. The Holy Spirit is a strategist, and you were never meant to live this life without a strategist. So Jesus sent you one. You have a strategist. Say, I have. A strategist. So when we think about a cabinet or the advisors who would stand by king and give them advice and counsel on what to do, and you was like, it would be amazing if I had a strategist or a planner who was with me everywhere I went. Right before I made a the decision, they would give me advice. They would give me counsel. You have one. He's the Holy Spirit. A lot of us try to picture him as someone who's just going to take over us and shake us and make us do right. That's not how he operates. He was sent as a strategist to give you the plan and the ability to execute the plan, but it's still your decision whether you follow through that plan or not. Say the Holy Spirit is a strategist. Go ahead and put that in the chat. The Holy Spirit is a strategist. In the first 10 days of this devotional, we're learning more about our strategist. Because the thing is, if he's a strategist, but you don't know how to hear from him, how many know your strategy is not gonna come through that clear? So you have to know your strategist, and know, one, he's not an it. He's a person. As much as the Father is a person, as much as the Son is a person, Holy Spirit is a person, and he has a personality. There are things he likes, and there are things he doesn't like. There are things he thinks about, and there's information and plans he gives. But you have to know him for yourself. Too often, we just call other people for counsel advice. How often do we count other people? It's like, oh, what should I do? Let me call so-and-so. Let me text so-and-so. Let me post on social media. What do y'all think? But how often do we turn to our strategist? who was sent to us to give us strategy, advice, and plans. How often do we actually turn to him? Or we say, oh, that's too big, or that's too small, or... You know, here's something else we'll cover in one of the devotional days. We just turn to our go-to. We'll talk about this this week. We'll talk about 2 Samuel chapter 5, how David inquired of the Lord, and then he went back and inquired again. See, he inquired of the Lord the first time, And the Lord told him what to do. Now, most of us would go, well, if the Lord told me to do that last time this problem happened, I'm just going to go to my go-to. If he said it last time, I'm just automatically going to do it again. And we would have missed it. It would have been as effective. Because when David went back to him and inquired or asked, what should I do? The Lord said, yes, go against him, but this is how I want you to do it this time. And a lot of times, remember, we're talking about battle strategies from heaven. A lot of us have our favorite strategy We have our favorite weapon We have our go-to Oh, this happened, I'm just going to plead the blood And I'm going to throw anointing oil all over my house That's a good strategy If that's the one you're supposed to use in that moment Well, I'm just going to pray in tongues extra today That's a great strategy If that's the one you're supposed to use that day But too often we go to our go-to Well, this strategy worked last year So I'm going to do it again Why don't you go to your strategist and say, is this what you want me to do again, or is there something you want me to do now? Too many people are still by the brook when the strategist said, go to Zarephath. Well, the brook's provided my needs. Well, the brook is dry. Well, I'm going to speak to the brook. I'm going to shout and dance around the brook. I'm going to anoint the brook with oil. Of course the brook is coming back. What if it doesn't? Because your strategist told you to leave the brook and go to Zarephath. We can't just be confident in our go-to. Too often we put more faith in the instrument of our deliverance than the deliverer himself. Too often we put more faith in the instrument of our deliverance than the deliverer himself. There's a story in the Old Testament when they needed a miracle, and the word came through the man of God. says, go and dig ditches. In the valley, didn't make much sense But they obeyed the word of the man of God And then water came out of nowhere And filled those ditches And when the sun reflected on it Through a miracle and other things The enemy thought they had the advantage Of course the enemy lost And it was a supernatural miracle of God But what would happen You would think it's crazy If they went and started worshipping the shovel Well see, if it wasn't for the shovel There would be no hole. The shovel gave you the miracle. You think, that is crazy. The shovel did not give you the miracle. It was just an instrument in your deliverance. But too often in the church, we worship the instrument of the deliverance instead of the deliverer. We go to our go-to instead of going to the strategist. We have more faith in our ability than his grace. We have a strategist. We must consult him. We must inquire of him. We must ask him, hey, what should I do about this? Instead of getting caught up in the trends. You consult him even when it comes to financial things. Looking at my stock app, should I buy today? Should I sell? Ooh, a lot of people are selling right now. Should I join? Should I wait? Oh, the Holy Ghost can't talk to you about that stuff. Why can't he? He's my strategist. Sent to lead me into all truth. Go to John 14. You have a strategist. As we'll cover in this devotional, are there some areas of your life you're clueless about because you haven't inquired of your strategist? You've asked everybody else but him. John 14. Let's go to John 14. John 14. We'll start with verse 16. John 14, verse 16. By the way, if you want to follow along, click my notes in the U version Bible app. John 14, verse 16. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. Pause. Another. So who was their comforter up to this point? Jesus. He was their comforter. When he was born, he was called the consolation or the comforter of Israel. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you another comforter, one just like me. Too often we've said, man, wouldn't it have been wonderful to see Jesus when he walked the earth? How many have said that? It had been awesome to live in the times of Jesus, not because we, you know, we don't want air conditioning or Wi-Fi or all the other creature comforts. We've grown to love and need and appreciate. I am so thankful for air conditioning and Wi-Fi. Thank you. Don't look at me like that. You're thankful for it, too. I remember Dad Hague would say, he says, I believe in two things, Jesus and air conditioning. And we say, well, wouldn't it be so awesome to walk the earth and see Jesus do what he did? Oh, what would my life would be like if I could spend those three years with Jesus? Would I be further in my life? Would I make better decisions? You need to stop talking like that. Because Jesus sent you another comforter. And the same quality of himself. As we'll get to in a moment, he said, it's better that I go. Because if I don't go, the comforter won't come to you. The comforter was sent to you to be as much of a guide and helper as Jesus was to those disciples. To be as real to you as Jesus was to the disciples that walked with him. He wasn't sent to be some mysterious figure you just hear from every once in a while. That all of a sudden, if you went to church on the right day, the comforter fell on you and you felt him. But you didn't experience him for another 10 years. That's not what he was sent to do. He was sent to be as real to you as Jesus was to those disciples. And that's what's available to you today. This word comforter in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, the comforter the counselor, there's that strategist again. The helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. This Greek word is so rich, it breaks it down, saying the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby." Another translation is the companion." Another translation, "I shall ask the Father to give you someone else to stand by you." to be with you always. Come on, you know they had a certain level of boldness because Jesus was right there. They could talk big because Jesus was right there, one of the biggest talkers with Peter himself. Jesus is right there. He can talk big. Another translation, I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend. Notice this last part. So that you will always have someone with you that you will always, always, always have someone with you, not just your spiritual days when you think I've prayed enough and he's with me, always on your worst days, the hot mess days, your ratchet days, he got somebody with you. That he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Neither knows him, but you know him. How did they know him? Jesus said, for he dwells with you. They got used to the comforter because they knew the comforter flowing from Jesus. Because the scripture said the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit would rest on Jesus. So they thought they were just getting to know Jesus, but they were also at the same time getting to know the comforter. Said, Jesus said, you already know him because he's been with me. And now next, he's going to live on the inside of you. I will not leave you comfortless. This This word comfortless means I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not leaving you out there by yourself. It also means I'm not leaving you bereft of a teacher, of a guide, of a guardian. I'm not leading you. I'm not leaving you without a guardian. I'm not leaving you without a teacher. And I'm not leaving you without a guide. You're not in this by yourself. I'm sending you another comforter so that he'll be with you forever. I'm sending you a counselor. I'm sending you a strategist. I'm sending you a helper, a companion, a friend, a standby, a strengthener, an advocate. I'm sending him to you. Verse 26 says, But the Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you. What things? Spiritual things. Bible things. Just super deep things. All things. All things. Paul's here. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. He shall teach you all. What's left after all. He'll teach you everything. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 20, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 27, but the anointing, that's the same word for unction, whom you receive of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, is no lie. And even as has taught you, you shall abide in him. So instead of always saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do, shh. Stop saying that If you have to give someone an answer Say I don't know yet but I'll know exactly what I need to know Here's something else You're going to start saying I believe I receive The perfect wisdom of God I believe I receive the perfect Wisdom of God You have a strategist He knows what to do your mind may not, but he knows what to do. What cover in a devotional house says in Proverbs is that the plan is deep in your heart, and a person of understanding draws it out. So just because your head doesn't know doesn't mean the answer's not in your heart. Your plan for your life wasn't hidden from you, it was hidden for you, and the best treasure place ever, your heart. And the strategist will bring it out and show you what to do. Inside your heart is a treasure map. You just have to learn to follow. Follow the leading, follow the guidance. And it's sad that even in these New Testament days, people still run to prophets to get a word because they don't trust the Holy Ghost can lead them. The ministry of the prophet is real. I know prophets. Real prophets not the people who call themselves prophets real real ones real ones thankful for the ministry they're all apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers today there is a ministry of helps them thankful for those ministries but the job of the prophet in the life of the New Testament believer which you are is not to lead you and guide you that's not their job that job is the Holy Ghost and I'm telling you whoever this is for whether you're watching online or in person if you're always running to a prophet so they can perform for you, very quickly you'll miss the Holy Ghost and catch a familiar spirit. And you'll be wondering, well, all I did was go to church. Well, someone else is at church too. And you can't blame Mr. Miss Prophet, Prophetess, or whatever they want to call themselves, because you put yourself in that position, that you, instead of going to the Holy Ghost, Decided not to take the time to pray. Not to take the time to fast and set the stuff aside. You wanted the quick fix. So he's like, well, let me go to them and make them get a word from me. That's not how this works. So well, when I just got saved, I knew that you were a baby. You were being nursed, weaned. You've been saved 50 years now. You should grow up a little bit. Now, God does put ministry gifts in our lives and friendships in our life, not to lead us, but to confirm what the Holy Ghost is saying in your heart. And so it's wise to say, hey, this is what I believe the Lord is leading me to. But hey, can you pray with me so I'm sure, so I'm clear? You don't have to just jump out and do it. Say, I think it's right, but I'm not sure. Faith, or those who trust in God, do not make haste. You can take some time to pause to be sure. Not pause to disobey, but pause to be sure. Two different things. Some of you pause because you don't want to do what he said. You know he said it. You just don't want to do it. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. You ain't waiting on the Lord. You ain't disobedience. Get right. But there are some say, I'm not sure. Let me pray this out a little bit more. Or let me call a friend to pray with me, to pray this out with me. Or as i done, people come sit with me, hey, can you pray about this, see what you, if you get anything in your spirit? What do you got in your heart about this? And I'll pray about it. And there's sometimes, there's some people who came to sit down with me, and that week, it seemed random. I'm just living my life, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost talks to me about that person. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. But if he didn't tell me to tell him, I ain't telling him nothing. It's my job to go pass out words, like his fortune cookies. I'm supposed to say what he tells me to say. And so he may give me information just to pray about it, just to know in advance. If you keep going around sharing God's secrets, He don't tell you to tell it, He won't share more secrets with you. How many of you would run your mouth to someone if they always run their mouth with what you said to them? You don't share everything you hear from heaven. You definitely don't put everything on Facebook. If you want to be frustrated, put every revelation you get from Jesus on Facebook and on Twitter, let the trolls come after you. Do not cast your pearls before swine. Not everything is for the public. And so there are people who come to me and they say, yeah, I believe we'll do that. I said, you know, yeah, that's right. The Holy Ghost actually talked to me about you a couple days ago. I thought it was random, but here we go. Here's your confirmation. And then sometimes say, hey, you're on it. You're right, but you're too early. It's not time yet. You got to pray that timing out a little bit more. You're heading in the right direction. Just don't go too fast. Slow down for a second. That's the purpose of ministry gifts in addition to the preaching, teaching the word, and the relationship God puts in your life. Not to lead you. I I love y'all, but I don't want y'all so attached to me that you think the only way you hear from God is if I say something. If that's the only way you think you can hear from God, then I'm failing. I'm telling you, go to the book yourself. You pray yourself. Yes, I pray for you all the time, but you you can pray for yourself. You can lay hands on yourself Some of you had to do this all year Because you couldn't see nobody Be healed You can lay hands on yourself You have a strategist with you And he'll lead you and guide you Into all truth He will teach you all things and there are times he'll lead you, say, "Well, if you teach me all things, I don't need to go to college. I did not say that, and whatever student is listening, do not blame pastor. I don't want no letter from your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your granny, because I did not say that. What I do tell you is you pray about what college or school you're supposed to go to, whether it's a college, a university a trade school, you get before the Holy Ghost, and you pray. And you parents get before the Holy Ghost and pray, and make sure they're going to the college they want to, not because of what your pride wants them to go to. Because too many of you send your kids to schools for your pride, and you wonder why they come on as heathens. I don't know why I'm all out here somewhere. I'm like, I'm like, my screen went off with my notes. It's about what the Holy Ghost said. Where he wants you to go, what does he want you to do? What does he say about it? What does he have to say? And you train your kids that, hey, yeah, we plan to do this, but we always check in with him. We talk to him. Normalize telling your kids, hey, we're going to pray about it and actually pray. Not to say, well, pray about it, and they know, oh, that just means no. Your kids are smarter than you think. Trainers, hey, we're going to pray about it. Hey, why don't you pray with me? Hey, Jesus is going to talk to us. He may give you the answer. Normalize, praying in tongues in front of your children. That should be normal. Because if you do that while they're growing up, they're going to do that when they grow up because it's normal. So I have my private prayer time, but there's sometimes I pray out loud purposely so my kids can see me doing it. Why? Example. Now, some of them are little, so they'll have questions. And so my two-year-old the other day said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying in tongues. Oh, okay. She's like, she's two, but she's seen enough from me and her mama. It's normal. do I have a question about it, you just ask them the questions. Well, Pastor, what if I don't know the answer? Pause, listen on the inside. If you don't get an answer, send an email. We'll answer. Your kids should be sensitive to the Spirit of God. That they know His voice. They know Him. Not as their parents, God, but they're God. That's why you always make sure they're in the house of God. And if you're a time, you're not coming back yet, you make sure they watch the video. You make sure they watch the teaching. Oh, that's extra on my day. Well, that's gonna save you stress later on in life. Like, oh, I don't know why they turn out like this. Well, what? You put pressure on them to do this, but did you encourage them to do what Jesus said? To spend time with Jesus? Oh no, it was just I told them to do good in school. Well, good, they're educated heathen. You got your desire. But they can be educated and Holy Ghost filled. It doesn't have to be either or. Too many times we pick either or, one side or the other. What if the answer from God is both? Where was I? Somewhere. Out there. He'll bring all things, that's all right. John 14, 26, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So there are things you'll forget. He'll remind you. You've all encountered this leading the Holy Ghost before, that you were somewhere and something happened. Like, oh, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, you knew exactly what to do. All of a sudden, a scripture came to your heart. All of a sudden, you remembered a message. Anybody been like that before? That's the work of the strategist with you. I remember one time a number of years ago, I was living in another place and I was dealing with something, And I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I'm praying about it. And he just said to me, when are you going to do what you've been taught? I'm like, all And that time, Bishop was teaching a series about what to do about it. Like, oh, you know what? Let me go grab my notes real quick and handle this. He will remind you stuff. Because, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in our own drama, in our own theatrics. Anybody else dramatic in here? Don't leave me out here by myself. You know you're dramatic. Theatric. Go ahead. You watch it online. You know you're dramatic and theatric sometimes and we get caught up in our own theatrics and our own drama and the Holy Ghost goes chill. Hey, I'm not the only one the Holy Ghost has told chill before. Calm down, carrot. Like, okay, I got it. He reminds you of things you know that you have forgotten about. John 15, 26. But when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. Another translation is, I will send the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father, and he will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. Let's go to John 16, verse 7. The Holy Spirit will tell you about Jesus. That's why you're not missing out, just because you didn't live in the days of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will tell you about him. What Jesus really like you don't need a National Geographic special to know what Jesus is really like you have a strategist who knows him from eternity past and he'll tell you he'll show you he'll lead you he'll guide you he'll make Jesus so real to you you forget that it's like wait a minute he's not with me. he's not oh I didn't see his physical body it's just I sense him I know him I remember a number of years ago Lord told me he said before his return how believers will walk with them is they'll have a greater awareness that Jesus is with them a greater awareness and he showed me these pictures I saw someone driving their car and Jesus was in the seat next to him and they're just conversing then I saw a group of friends hanging out laughing not spiritual not praying not in a faith group or Bible study friends hanging out laughing just enjoying themselves, and Jesus was right in the middle, laughing with them. And then at a sports game, and Jesus was right there with them. Because it wasn't about being aware of him in spiritual things, but it's being aware of him in all things. That Jesus doesn't just care about the spiritual things in your life, he cares about all those things. John 16:7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or better for you that I go away, for if I don't go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The Amphite Classic says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not Come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send them to you to be in close fellowship with you. The strategist was sent to give you the advantage. So stop saying you're disadvantaged. Well, I don't have the privilege of that person or that group. You may not, but you have the advantage. I look, I side-eye groups of people who tell me I can't do something because of my age. My background, the color of my skin. Why can't I? If the Bible says I can have it, if the Bible says I can do it, who is you to tell me otherwise? But too often, if we're in our emotions, we'll miss it and we'll agree. It's big money in keeping you offended, it's big money in keeping you afraid. Big money. Because if you're afraid and offended, you're going to watch every update about what's making you afraid and offended. And while you're watching, they'll sell ads about stress medication. Ooh, I need that. They'll sell ads about tumors in your stomach. Ooh, I need that too. Well, maybe if you just turned that off for a little bit, you wouldn't need that medication. There's a lot of power in keeping you afraid and offended and divided. A lot of power, a lot of money. And you stay that way, you'll miss out the leading of the Holy Ghost. And you think he's leading you, but you're following your emotions. Because if you don't keep your emotions in check, the emotions will disguise their voice, and you think it's the Holy Ghost, but it's your emotions. Well, I heard a voice. There are a lot of voices in this world, the Scripture says, none without significance. Just because you heard a voice doesn't mean it's the Holy Ghost. Who, if that's before you said, I heard a voice. It wasn't in the Bible, but I'm just going to do what it says. You better not. You keep following that voice that's telling you stuff against the Bible, you will end up either dead early or in the insane asylum. Whoever that is for, you better stop. Stop entertaining that just because you want a voice that way. If it, something leads you against the scriptures, you drop it. You only follow supernatural manifestations that are in line with the Word of God. The Word of God is how we judge all things. Every manifestation, every gift of the Spirit. Yes, we hunger for the supernatural, but I don't just want any supernatural. I want the Holy Ghost supernatural. Because there are other forces in this world. They're not stronger than His, but too often people entertain those forces. You have no business burning sage. Oh, I'm just trying to purify. You ain't purifying nothing. You are inviting more demons. Oh, I'm driving out dark forces. No, they're just coming in. You're just like, ooh, they're gone. No, they're just standing behind you. you got no business doing that. Oh, the ancestors are going to be pleased. You better stop with that crap. You start worshiping dead people? How many know the Holy Ghost is not pleased with that? Because you know better. It'd be one thing if you didn't know, and this is the first time you heard, don't do that. But you know better. But because you're so offended and so mad and so bitter, you opened yourself up to false doctrine and witchcraft, and now you're participating with devils. And you wonder why things are going on in your house and your family and your life. You invited them in. Be careful what you identify with what you open the door to. Demons are real. We'll get into it in this series. They are real. They don't come to you with red suits and pitchforks and horns because you say, ah, I'm going to resist the devil. No, they come into you in a way that you would accept. Dressed in a way that you would accept. The way you tell the difference is the word of God. You need to stop entertaining those demons. Some of you are entertaining them because of the relationship you are in that you have no business being in. You know they ain't good for you. You better drop that. I can change them. No, you can't. If Jesus did not change them, some of you, they like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to change him. No, you ain't. If Jesus hasn't changed them already, look, your bed game ain't that good. I thought I was going to finish my message today. I don't know. Stop putting yourself in places where you're going to be defeated and frustrated and wanting to end your life early in places you know you're not supposed to be in because you won't follow a strategist and you want what feels good to your flesh and you put yourself in positions and now you're deceived. but you keep the good Christian smile on. And the worst part is your kids watch and they see it and think that's what Jesus wants. One of the greatest things you can do for the kingdom of God is who you raise. You are an example for your children. And if you don't have any children, you may be an example for someone else's child. So if no one's watching me, you'd be surprised how many people are watching you. They may never say it. You may never know till you get to heaven. And people come of the line thanking me, like, what are you thanking me for? I, I think I met you watching the grocery store. Yeah, but I was watching you. We have to be Holy Ghost people. Now, as you heard the line of that song, stop settling for counterfeits. You follow the real thing, the real one, the Holy Spirit himself. Since I'm out here, I might as well get into this. I remember a friend of mine who he served God, walked away, and in this time when he backslid, he was on the, one of the number one tours of that year. The, I won't say the name because you would know it. You would know the song and everything. One of the hottest tours and albums in that year. And he was part of that crew he would play for. Them. And they would tell him when he would play, he wouldn't even play a church song. Where well, they said, you sound churchy. What you play sounds churchy. You'd play the same thing they played, but what he played sounds churchy because he was still anointed even though he backslid. But here's how they will connect to get the songs that are going to be high. They'd get high. And as they got high, they would contact the spirit world and come back with the beats that would make the world dance. That was the only way where he could play songs they'd go in and say is churchy. You think, oh, there's nothing wrong with me getting drunk or getting high. You better be careful what you're tapping into. You have to understand, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, he's talking to a culture that had temples where their priestesses would be swung over vats of drugs, and they'd get high, and they'd summon the voices, and they'd come back and speak in another voice as the oracle of that city. You can't be filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost and you're smoking weed every day. That doesn't work together. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. So stop acting like you're your own. The Holy Ghost, he's real. He's very real. But you have to acknowledge him. As we talk about in this devotional, you have to follow him. You have to stop ignoring him. He's been trying to help you every single step of the way. He even talks to unbelievers. He talks to people who hate him warning them hey don't go there don't do this we've all heard national tragedies where they were about to do something all of a sudden they had another idea you know what let me take my kids to work today let me take my kids to school today oh let me take them for a special breakfast and they just had this idea they didn't know how to hear from the Holy Ghost they just had this idea who do you think it came from and all of a sudden they missed destruction But if there are a few people who have those ideas, knowing the faithfulness and character of God, everybody had some type of thought in order to avoid it. We've all seen it on the news when people are like, they survive something, like something told me not to be here. It wasn't a something, it was a someone. He talks to everybody, but not everybody listens. That's why a hardened heart is one of the most dangerous and damning things in the world that you harden your heart to a place where you don't hear him and then you get a situation where you need to hear him and you can't and it's not God's fault you did it to your own heart anytime you hear him and you decide not to do what he says you just ignore him you harden your heart a little bit more and you keep down on that path you end up in that Romans 1 line where you end up with a reprobate mind. Where you get so far nobody can reach you. Not because God doesn't love you, not because he's not faithful, but you've hardened your heart, you've changed your mind, and now you're Pharaoh. Instead of being a vessel of mercy, you become a vessel of wrath. Where God will still get his glory, the plan of God will still come to pass, but it's wrath instead of mercy. And people will blame God all day long. There'll be people screaming cusses and curses at God all for eternity, blaming him as they burn forever in hell. And it was never his fault. Ignoring the Holy Ghost is dangerous. Not because he turns on you, because of what it does to your heart where it leads your mind down a path. Because you have to think anytime you ignore the truth, you open yourself up for a lie. You know the truth, so I don't want to do it. You open yourself up for a lie, a well-packaged lie. It's called deception. And you know what's a horrible thing about being deceived? You can be deceived and think you're in the truth. I've seen it so often, so many times. People I've grown up with, people I saw in children's church and youth not even walk with God anymore, not even close, but deceived out of their minds. Living a lifestyle, they know what's wrong, but some way along the way, a lie crept in. Or one of Satan's strategies, which we'll cover in this devotional, affliction, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, less other things, took them out of the way. And instead of turning back and running back, they kept following the deception so now they believe they're the progressive ones in the truth who are doing the will of God. I've seen so many people and usually unforgiveness, offense, and bitterness leads them down that path. And they feel justified in their anger because Some of the times, maybe a lot of times, it's not even their fault. So they feel justified in their anger, justified in their unforgiveness, justified in their bitterness. And so they never let it go no matter how many times God says forgive. They don't even try to let it go. They hold on to it. They become like Golem from Lord of the Rings. That unforgiveness is their precious. You can never be around them without them telling you what happened to them, what people did to them, who hurt them, why they don't trust preachers anymore, why they don't like going to church no more. They tell you stories of their trauma, of their pain, that they've never let go. And as they keep rehearsing it, they're just filling with that ring and not knowing it's going to lead them to be dropped in Mordor into fire forever. See, the thing is, it's a death. The gates of hell couldn't hold on to Jesus. If it couldn't hold on to Jesus, it can't hold on to you. But my question is, are you holding on to them? If you move, they have to let you go. But if you keep holding on to them, they'll stay. See, the strategist is warning people today nowhere close to where I thought this message was going he is warning people today you better heed the warning of the Holy Ghost whatever he's telling you to do you need to do it I don't know how many lives I've seen in early because they just want to do what the Holy Ghost wanted them to do And people say, oh, they were such a good Christian. God called them home. No, he didn't. Stop blaming things on my Jesus. He did not call them home. He received them. But it wasn't his fault. They stopped doing what God wanted them to do. They were still being holy. They just weren't going forward in the plan of God. And they got themselves in a place where the enemy could take them out. And then there are left people wondering. It's like, well, if they went home, what does that mean for the rest of us? And so now you're confused. You don't always know what happens. You think you know. You don't always know what happens between that person and God. The center of the will of God is the safest place to be, no matter where it is. No matter where it is. I still remember a bishop's testimony about how he was preaching in Pakistan. And there was an earthquake so much it shook the hotel he was in. He's being tossed back and forth. And he's yelling out loud, I am not dying in an earthquake in Pakistan. He's yelling that out loud. Why? So, how could he have that confidence? He was aware exactly he was supposed to be. The Holy Ghost told him to go over there. So he's there, him and Marilyn Hickey. There. The next day, or some days around there, he's preaching in a meeting. And the terrorists sent people to kill him at the meeting. And so they sh- decided to show up the session he's preaching with AK-47s. They came to take him out. Now y'all know your bishop. You know what he did? He went and preached to them in their face. Kept preaching. And they looked at him. They probably thought he was crazy. They looked at him and they like, ah, and they left. You might think, "Oh, Pakistan is the most dangerous place for it to be, not if the Holy Ghost told you to be there." The safest place on Earth is wherever the Holy Ghost tells you to be. Not what He told you 50 years ago, but what is He telling you today? Some of you inquired of God 50 years ago, but you haven't inquired today. What is His direction for you in this time and this season? Are you going back to your go-to? your favorite weapon, your favorite strategy, or you inquiring of your strategist so he can teach you all things and lead you and guide you into the truth. He's with you. You might say it's tough. He's an encourager. No one said this Christian life is easy. If you thought it was easy, bruh, sis, it ain't. There's some great times, enjoyable times, but it's not easy. It takes work. A lot of people think things just happen. There's no work required. No, there is work required. So, if you need a graduation speech for those some of you graduating, thank you, congratulations. We're so proud of you for graduating high school, college. But I want you to know, for a graduation speech, it's gonna take work. Whatever field, whatever dream, it's going to take work. Even if you're anointed, even if you got the grace of God flowing all through you, it's gonna take work. It's going to take hustle to do what the Holy Ghost has called you to do. You have to work. You have to apply yourself. The Bible says he will bless the works of your hands. So you've got to work. And since we're on the topic of work, and since I've been all over the place, whose job is it to meet all your needs? Whose job is it? Come on, y'all, talk back. Don't be nervous now. Whose job is it to meet all your needs? Someone said mine. Someone said God. It's not your boss's job? It's not your boss's job to meet all your needs? You sure? Oh, it must be the government's job. You better be careful what you sign up for and what you say out of your mouth. It's not their job. Yes, the government has a responsibility. Yes, your boss has a responsibility. Yes, you have a responsibility. But you need to remember who's your source. And that job is not your source. What happens if that industry dries up and doesn't exist anymore? Who's gonna supply your needs then? Hmm? You really wanna put your faith in the United States government who is broke? Just because you can print more money doesn't mean you got it. Hmm? It would behoove you to ask your strategist what you should do. Oh, I'm just going to quit my job. They ain't treat me right. Well, quit if the strategist tells you to. But if he doesn't, you better keep your tail there. It's for my mental health. Well, you know what's going to be worse mental health? If you go to a place you ain't supposed to be. You can even make more and be in a worse place. You better be where your strategist tells you to be. As long as he tells you to be there. And when he says time is up, you walk. Don't get caught up in every trend. Because what happens, there's good things in trends and moves. But people often get into extremes. One ditch or the other, as Dad Hagen would say when often the truth is right down the middle. So don't get caught up in the extremes of either political party or political reporting machines or news organizations, don't get caught up. You hear all this information, you pause, you ask your strategist, what should I do about this? Something going on at work. Sir, what should I do about this? See, I'm gonna cover this in one of the messages. I remember growing up, both of my parents worked in corporate America most of the time I grew up. And so I remember one time my mom came home from work, I'm not sure what happened that day at work, I might have to ask her if she remembers, but she pulled me and my brother Robert aside and says, you know, you guys may do different things in your life, but how, wherever you work, you're gonna have to know how to remove wicked bosses through prayer. And she taught us how to do it. And because me and my brother have different jobs through our life, we've done it. I'll teach you how to do it in this series. Because I stopped talking to that boss. I talked to the spirit behind the boss. I said, I'm a tither. You can't mess with me. If they want to keep you, fine. But you got to remove your hand from my life. There's power, but you have to know how to wield it. And as I taught you in the last series, too many of God's people are taken advantage of because they don't make room for vengeance and recompense. But if you're always in unforgiveness and offense, there will be no room for God to make it right on your behalf because you're too busy trying to make it right yourself. But if you learn how to listen to your strategist, he may just say, just be quiet. Just sit down. Go home. Leave it. No, I got to say my piece. No, you don't. I got to give him the peace of my mind. That's why there's not a lot left. Go home. And you do what he tells you to do. He can make it right for you. You need to make sure your heart is right because the scripture says if you start being happy because somebody who did you wrong got theirs, then the vengeance on them will stop. And the Lord will look at you like, what's your problem? That's what Proverbs says. Scripture says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Some of the harvest and restoration you need is vengeance and recompense. But the only way will happen if you do it God's way. Because for a lot of these situations, there's not people holding it back from you. There's principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in the world, wickedness in high places that are holding things back from you and your family line. But if you keep acting like everybody in your family line, and not make a change, do what God said, your stuff can be held up too. So I'm the first person in my family, well good, Trailblaze. If you're the first or the 17th, do what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Follow your strategist, follow your strategist, follow his plan, ease on down the road, follow the Elbrick road, whichever song speaks to your soul better, Whether you got to ease or follow, that's what you need to do. Follow his path. Do what your strategist is telling you to do. He was sent to you for a reason. He was sent for you so that you can know what to do. And I was telling some of this, I told actually multiple people this weekend, so I'll tell you. It takes time to pray out the plan. Some people say, well, if I spend about five minutes praying in tongues, I can pray out the plan. It takes time, sometimes weeks or months of daily prayer for hours. <laughs> a lot of you know the story of our bishop, that right when he was graduating RaMA, he gave God a list of five cities of where he wanted to go, and Detroit wasn't one of them. But he spent time every day for hours praying in the Holy Ghost, And he got to such a point praying in the Holy Ghost Said one day it felt like Jesus got up under the table with him. And he said, said, if I opened my eyes, I knew I would see him. But because of the denomination he was brought up in, he was afraid, he said, if I saw Jesus, I'm going to die. So he kept his eyes shut. But in that time of prayer, the Lord told told him what to do. He told him, start a church, call it Word of Faith, told him where to do and where to go. Now, that didn't happen because he spent five minutes in prayer. That happened because he took the time to pray it out. I know because we have a lot of people graduating and think this will help. My senior year of college. My senior year of college, the first semester is 2008. The economy has just collapsed. You guys remember that from 13 years ago? It's over, watched it on the news, I'm getting breakfast, and like, oh, what's happening? You hear one moment, the economy's strong, the next day, oh, it's gone. And so in this time, because of the favor God on my life and how I've applied myself, I have four job opportunities as soon as I graduate. You know, one of the things I believe, I believe in working, I was raised, I believe in working, and that year I was working four jobs and taking 18.5 credit hours. Whole bunch of grace and caffeine. People are like, how do you do it? Grace and caffeine, grace and caffeine, a whole bunch of grace and caffeine. I was moving. And because of that, I had opportunities. I had an opportunity, and they said, "Well, care if you want to work for us, this was a U.S. senator's office, and I was gonna create their social media campaign. And I said, here's what we would pay you. You would live between this city and Washington, D.C., and you would start at this date. Good amount of money, good place to start. I knew enough people in there where I knew how I could excel. At the same time, I was working at a retail store in the mall. And the thing is, I didn't ask them for a job. They approached me. I was part of a group called Students of Free Enterprise, and I was presenting, and they came to me. They told me at the first level, and I was like, oh, that's not something I'm interested in right now. And when I, we got to the second level, because we won, and he came to me, it was him, the regional manager and the vice president of a Fortune 500 company. Carrick, when are you coming to work for us? I'm like, oh, see, I've been praying for a job. I just missed that God was providing in this way. And so I went back to sign up there, and they said, Carrick, do you mind if we pay you more than everybody else? I am like, no, I don't mind at all. And they said, Well, why don't you stick with us 13 months, we'll give you your own store. And I was very successful for them. And you know, the vice president of that company would check in with my manager on a regular basis to see how I was doing. And the manager told the rest of the story, he said, Y'all better be nice to Kerrick. The vice president knows him by name. So I had that opportunity. And then, you know, because I would get discount on Jordans, I'm like, you know what? I could preach on the weekends rocking Jordan's. That sounds pretty good, Jesus. Deeply discounted Jordans. That sounds great. I don't have to stand in line to get them. I can just pick them up. The work I was doing at the university was public relations and there was a firm in Dallas that said, hey, you guys have done a great job. After you graduate, come see us. And that's just a few of the opportunities that were presented to me during the Great Recession. And so, that's a lot to choose from. So, I better pray. So, I took time every day, every morning. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, praying out the plan. What's my next step? What do I do? I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I texted one of my cousins. I said, I was telling them everything that was on my mind, everything I felt God has called me to do. And they said, it seems like you're a little overwhelmed. Don't worry about it. God will tell you what to do exactly when you need to know. And so, I just kept praying day after day, day after day, day after day, day after the day. And one day I was kind of just half frustrated, so I sat down in my bed. I said, okay, sir, what's my first step? And he said, as clear as day, Austin. And I knew a month before that, maybe three weeks before that, the bishop just started a church in Austin. I knew what that meant. I said, well, sir, bishop's kind of in charge of that. You got to tell him. And he did. Long story short, I'm there. I graduate May 4th, drive down May 5th, unpack May 6th, went to work May 7th. (laughs) I'm taking finals and planning to start a youth ministry at the same time. Okay, all righty, that's done. Ooh, send this proposal. But I made that choice because the Holy Ghost said so. I had many different options. Options that paid good money. But just if you choose a job because of the money and it's not where the Holy Ghost wants you to be, you lose that money quickly because now you're in a place where the enemy can steal from you. You need to take time to pray out the plan of exactly where you're supposed to be, no matter how long it takes. And once you know the will of God, You no longer confer with flesh and blood. You go to carry out the plan of God no matter the cost, no matter what it takes. But you have to pray until you're certain. You have to pray until you know for sure. And after you do that, you follow the strategy. You follow the plan. You find out the what, the when, the why, the how, the where. And you do that. Oh, I can't hear from him. Stop telling yourself that. Yes, you can. He'll tell you exactly what you need to know when you need to know it if you inquire of him. I got to cut off. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. So glad I wrote a devotional because I didn't get anywhere near close to where I wanted to go today. But it's what you needed to hear. And I I learned long ago, say whatever he tells you to say. Because even if I have a great message, the best message is what he said. So I stopped saying, well, that's not my message. Well, if he said it, it is my message. If it wasn't, it became my message very quick. But one of the things you heard throughout this message were warnings from the Holy Ghost directed some people who are in this room, some people who are watching online, some people watch replay. And whatever he is telling you to do, don't let the grass grow under your feet. Do it. Some of you may need to delete some numbers from your phone. Some of you need to throw some stuff away. Some of you may have some stuff in your car with you that you know you need to leave. You can go, when we dismiss, go to the car, bring it and leave at the altar. Do you have a plan on how to get rid of that stuff? Yes, I have a government approved plan on how to dispose of drugs that aren't supposed to be on people's persons. He said, Well, what do the officers think about that? They like it. They said, We can't change them. Send them to Carrick. They actually said that. And I have no power to change anybody. But the Holy Ghost, the strategist, can do more in five seconds than we can do in five years. So, whatever he's telling you to do, you need to do it. You need to be quick to obey quick to hear quick to forgive quick to obey slow to speak hallelujah so bow your heads before God in the presence of the great strategist himself what he told you to do just agree right now that you're going to do it the first step is a yes even if it's a weak yes a yes that you barely got out. It's still a yes. It's a yes. It's a yes. So give him your yes. Give him your yes. Give him your yes. Give him your yes. some of those old Pentecostal church mothers who'd walk around the house and they just sing yes. Some of those things we got to get back to. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm saying yes to, but if it's His plan, if it's will, I say yes ahead of time. I don't have to know all the details right now. I'm surrendered. I'm not my own. I'm His to command. He is my Lord, which means He is my supreme in authority. What He says goes. I was telling someone recently, I said, I have to follow him. I said, you understand, he's been too kind. He's been too good to me. I have to. I have to. He's been too good. It's not because I owe him anything, but he's been too good for me to say no. He's been too kind for me to say no. He's been too faithful for me to go the other way. So give him your yes. No matter how weak it is or how strong it is, give him your yes. No matter what he's asking from you. You know, I've seen this picture, and it's Jesus standing before this little girl. And she has this little stuffed animal that was precious to her. And Jesus said, just give it to me. And what you didn't see behind Jesus' back was a much larger stuffed animal that you would have enjoyed even more. But she was talking about how much she loved it, how much she needed it. And that's like so many of us that Jesus asked us to give something else up. But he has something better for us. But you have to surrender. You have to surrender. You have to leave your life on the altar. Not just on Sunday, but every day. You yield to the plan of God. What he tells you to do, you do. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's inconvenient. If he said it, we do it because we're his. If it's his strategy, we carry it out. It may not make sense to your education or your plan, but if he said it, it's going to work. All praise, glory, and honor to his name. Give him yes. Give him your yes. Give him your yes. Minister then if you'd sing yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Lift your hands and say yes. My
0: Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power, the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to fccga.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.